Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of the Kong Roundtable. Today, as always, you're joined by me, Mulder, otherwise known as Faye, and... Ton here, once again. And Crash here, per usual. And today, we're joined by a special guest, Jake Tucker from Something Ghoulish. Hi, everybody. It's uh, great to be here. Uh, great to uh, always talk about kaiju and men in suits and whatnot. <laughs> yep. And today... And I guess, just to continue tradition from the Godzilla Roundtable, even though Kong is not quite the same as Godzilla, what was your ear- earliest experience with King Kong? Um, my earliest experience? Mm-hmm. Um, well, my earliest experience with King Kong, it, it goes back to, like, everything with for me and just sort of horror and monsters in general, and this is the um, Crestwood House Monster Series. There was, um, for mm-hmm. those who don't know, there were these old books. They were made in the 70s, and they were these little hardcover picture books that had, uh, they, and each was centered around a different monster. There was a Frankenstein oh, one, a Dracula I one. S- I think we talked about these before on the show, because I actually own those. I know they're they're a hot commodity now, too, so I'm, they very, are. Yeah. So I'm very glad I owned them, because my, and, my library was getting rid of them, and they were like, want them? I was like, yes. Yeah, there was there was a a very s- sort of thin sliver of time when all the libraries were getting rid of them, and mm-hmm. this is before they'd become hot ticket items. So there was one um, King Kong was kind of the mascot of them. Mm-hmm. He, he yeah, was I remember on the that. Back of each book, and that was probably the first time I saw him was in um, one of those, and then eventually my librarian when she would do like the interlibrary loan stuff, she would go to other libraries and get me whatever monster books they didn't have at theirs. And she yeah. got me the King Kong one. So that was probably the first exposure to him was seeing, um, seeing mm-hmm. him on the back of one of those books. Ironically, now that you mention it, I think I did actually see Kong on one of those before I saw Kong in a movie, actually. Now, now that you mentioned yeah. it, that, that triggered my memory. Because I'm pretty sure I watched Godzilla before Kong. I'm I'm 99.9% sure. So that is funny. That actually brought me back now. <laughs> I'm so glad that I actually own those books. Because like you said, those have gotten rare as could be. Because a lot of libraries tossed them out. Yeah, especially the... Because the, uh, I've, I've gone through and priced them. The only one that I'm missing, like two or three. And one of the ones that I'm missing is Godzilla. And that huh. one goes for like two hundred dollars. Yeah, out. yeah. I that's one which I own. Funny enough. Yeah, I, no, yeah. That, yeah. Keep hang on to that. Yeah, I, I'm I, the ones I have are Godzilla, Kong, Frankenstein, the werewolf one, and the mad scientist one. I might have Dracula too. I think I'd have to look. I think I have Dracula. Yeah, I could be wrong though. They're so awesome. I wish that they would do, you know, it'd be hard because of copyright and everything, but yeah, I, I know that, you know, there's so many monster fans that would buy like some sort of fancy slipcover reproduction of those things. Yeah, they're very nostalgic. I say as I go into something which Crash and Tunner are like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, that that took me down 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 on the soldier path. Let me re, let me reroute this before I start talking about those orange books forever. Because oh my god, I have a lot of memories yeah. with them. Um, uh, 
So yeah, on this episode today, we are covering King Kong Escapes because we skipped King Kong vs. Godzilla because we already covered that on the Godzilla Roundtable. You can go listen to that episode. It's episode number three if you want to hear our thoughts on that movie. And today we are covering the pseudo-sequel, kind of reboot, kind of standalone Toho Kong film from 1967, which, like I said, is King Kong Escapes. Um, uh, this film was directed by Shiro Honda. It has all the classic um, uh, like people behind the Toho Kaiju film. So you've got Shiro Honda directing, you've got um, uh, Tomiki Tanaka produce- producing, you've got Akira Fukube doing the score, and you've also got A.D. Sabrai doing the special effects. So this is the pretty much what you would consider the A-team of Toho doing this one, as Jun Fukuda was doing the Godzilla films at, for, at this time. So, what do you guys think of Ashiro Honda's direction in this one? It was Who, super. It was super nice going back to that classic show style. It's been a while mm-hmm. since we touched that, and you know, Ashiro Honda's directing really shows here. It's it's a very well made movie, and it shows very well through his directing. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Whoever wants to go next can go. Yeah, and I think that um, you know it is um, through the. I think that when you watch a lot of these Honda movies, you can kind of tell which ones he he kind of inserts his own kind of uh, ideas into. Mm -hmm. And there's not really that much of um, in King Kong Escapes. It's very sort of uh, by the numbers in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways, I think. And um, he, it's definitely, and one of the A-team, like you said, of, Tell mm-hmm. what, it's probably one of the last movies. Yeah, that it is has because, all of them together. Because A.G. Subaraya ducked out after this point, mainly. Yeah, and I think like for the next few mi- films that he was credited on, it really wasn't uh, him. It yeah, was the last him. one he was credited on was Destroy Monsters, and he only supervised. He wasn't directly yeah. involved in that. Yeah, and so this is really um, one of the last uh, films until the Showa era and Toho would really end uh, three years after this with uh, Space Amoeba was really the, the last one. So you're kind of yeah. seeing in a lot of ways with King Kong Escapes um, the beginning of the end maybe. Yeah. With uh, that golden age. Mm-hmm. Also, I can't believe it, but of course, as always, I messed up my, my own fucking formula. <laughs> I forgot to do our segment where we rate the movie. So Crash, I'll I'll let you I'll let you cover up for my mistake. What do you give King Kong Escapes out of ten? Give it an eight point five out of ten. Oh really wow, that's high. <laughs> it was really it was a really good and I was really surprised that mm-hmm. but uh, we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Ton. Yeah, it's a solid eight out of ten for me. Jake. Seven out of ten. Okay. Eight out of ten. Wow, this is one of those rare times where our guest gives the movie a lower rating than we do. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. O- oftentimes, it's the opposite. <laughs> what do you an eight out of ten? Okay, but but it was still really good. Still <laughs> okay, okay. I'm a ton. Sorry, sorry, sorry that I cut you off before you could give your thoughts. What did you think of Honda's direction in this one? Oh no problem. Yeah, like like with Crash, you know, it's nice to kind of go back to that classic um, Showa style. I definitely agree with Jake. Like, um, this is um, probably not Honda's, like, you know, this isn't the same as, say, like, Terror of Mechagodzilla 
or of course Gojira, mm-hmm. where he goes really deep. But I, it's interesting how he always kind of has core ideas he brings into this movie. There's mm-hmm. a lot of kind of interesting commentary. It just, you know, he has this very distinct feel to his movies. Mm-hmm. Especially those the more like rompy ones. Yeah. It just has a charm to it, so I always enjoy yeah. Hanna's work. Alright. So I I think that's a good primer for it. I guess we should cover the the monsters first, actually. I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna cover monsters first. So what did you guys think about King Kong King Kong in this movie? Whoever wants to go first. You know, I, I think that he is dev he's not great. He's not great. Mm-hmm but is better than the King Kong versus um, Godzilla Kong. Oh, interesting take. There's a, there's a couple little differences I like. One, I like when they sort of do like a medium shot of him, and he mm-hmm. has these, um, they have these mechanical eyes. Yeah. Him, which are actually really good at expressing emotion. And also, um, another thing is um, his, the silhouette um, yeah, the long-armed Kong suit is so sort of iconic, King Kong. It's way better than the, just the sort of outline of him is way better. And also, it's mm-hmm. Haruo Nakajima. Oh yeah, Kong. that too. And you can tell, like, I think something ironically that kaiju fans kind of overlook are the performances of the monsters themselves. Mm-hmm. Like just sort of looking at them in terms of. A performance in terms of acting, mm-hmm. and um, Nakajima's role as Kong is honestly one of his best. Like I would rank it um, with maybe Godzilla and um, Mothra versus Godzilla and um, Gaira and War of the Gargantuas. It's one of his best mm-hmm. kaiju performances in this film. Yeah, because I, I'm also pretty sure isn't this isn't he the only actor to do both Kong and Godzilla? I, w- I would assume so. I don't know that for, for sure. but I'm pretty sure he's the only actor to do both. But anyways, continue. But yeah, I think that this is a, a uh, the best of the Toho Kong um, Toho Kongs by, by a mile. Not that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like King Kong versus Godzilla a lot more in this movie, but in terms of just mm-hmm. straight up Kong, hands down, King Kong escapes. Alright, that's fair. Crash. Yes, they say um you know, I, I rewatched King Kong like just for this and yeah, I'd say like as as an it's like a natural kind of like growth of Kong, like his personality and just like the way they portray <laughs> him here. Yeah, I'd agree too. Like I think he has a lot more character in this one too. Yeah. Just, you know, as as King Kong himself, he feels more authentic and he has a lot more stronger moments too, I think, by himself. Because obviously, you mm-hmm. know, King Kong versus Godzilla is balancing, you know, two iconic monsters. So mm-hmm. I think here just because he had it to himself, they did a really good job of like, I guess, portraying him as a character. Yeah, better than King Kong versus Godzilla. So yeah. I would agree there. I not that I don't like that one too. They're both really good, but yeah, he was great here. Tom. Yeah, um, like Jay said, um, Haro Nakajima really brings a lot to Kong in this movie with his kind of movements. It, it's those after having. The last few episodes we've done been like CGI movies and then stop motion mm-hmm. up to this point. It's it's kind of nice to see the show a suit style again. 
mm-hmm. where you just really appreciate kind of the movement and the details in the suit. Mm-hmm. Um, the King Kong Escape suit has a really nice design, and um, Nakajima's movement is just very... You can tell he's doing lots of very like ape-like mo- movements, but he also gives yeah. Kong a lot of like human mannerisms that really work well here. Yeah. Um, and just as a character, this Kong is really fun. Like, um, he reminds me a bit of a uh, Kiko in Son of Kong. Where he's oh, you know, heroic. yeah, I, I yeah. can kind of see it. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see him kind of like a nice, friendly Kong compared to yeah. his <laughs> personality. <laughs> something so something else is funny, which I, I can remind of is how while Haru Nakajima would study animals for his movements, I know the original suit actor for Kong and King Kong vs. Godzilla didn't do that. So I think it's kind of funny to see the discrepancy in their performances because of that <laughs> to a degree. Yeah, it's the the performance in King Kong versus Godzilla is he he looks very kind of I don't know. Maybe, maybe the actor was kind of, you know, thinking about like, uh, you know, if you watch King Kong versus Godzilla for so much of the action, Kong is high in that movie from like the berry juice or (laughs) he's been kind of gassed or whatever. So for a lot of this movie, he is kind of supposed to be woozy. And I don't know if that's the actor's intention in that film, but he's a very sleepy Kong. Yeah. King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. Um, for me, with this Kong, I have to agree with everybody. I think he has more personality in this one than in King Kong vs. Godzilla. And I, f- I feel like Haru Nakajima brings a lot to him. I also have to wonder, though, partly what I was thinking of, if that's partly also because this movie was partly inspired off the Franken-Bass cartoon that was going on at the time, which they would say requested Toho make a movie off of it and use that a- as the basis. So I kind of wonder if that's part of why you see Kong with, with a lot more of that personality and also more of that heroic role. Yeah. And that's, you know, you brought up Rankin Bass in this. And I <laughs> think that to me, that's what I love about this movie is that it's sort of a melding of the great kind of early sixties creature houses of Toho yeah. and Rankin Bass coming yeah. together. And it kind of looks like a live action Rankin Bass special. It's like it. It does. It, it it reminds me if you put it next to like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, you can see some continuity there. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Rankin Bass creations, though, the the probably the biggest monster from this. Well, okay, monster slash robot, whatever you want to call him, is McKenny Kong, who came from the Rankin Bass cartoon directly. Even yeah. though there he was called Robot Kong, but McKenny, mechanical, it's basically the same thing. It, the concept was from the cartoon. And McKenny Kong is probably the most enduring legacy this film has left, because McKenny Kong debuted years before Mechagodzilla. That's very interesting yeah. to think about that. Mm. <laughs> like, kind of like the first Toho like robot monster they had, like that. Right yeah. Now. I mean, <laughs> Mogira was in the 50s, oh, yeah, but in terms of like, but in terms of like a robotic doppelganger, yeah. That's very interesting. So, you know, mm-hmm. was this, and I, and I guess Mogira would really get this. I mean, um, but, you know, one of the first um, giant robots in kind of uh, a major kind of work of pop culture from Japan, that's kind of a big, yeah. you know, that that's kind of a big deal for 
Mechanicon. Yeah. The Mecha Boom was about to start because, Ton, you're our Mecha guy. You're starting in 1970, exactly, right? When was Mazinger, if you remember? Um, so Mazinger was... Just going to double check here. Um, oh, that was in the seventh. You know, but I think... Well, oh, no, yeah, the manga, I'm wondering, because I know Gona Guy started that I believe in 1970, right? Yeah, 1972. Okay, okay, so around that time. So yeah, McKenny Kong really did come on early to the scene in a lot of ways. Heralding what would become a really big trend. Yeah. He's also very iconic in his own way. Mm -hmm. I think McKenny Kong looks really cool. Mm -hmm. I love my metal robotic doppelgangers a lot. (laughs) Probably now. Well, maybe not yet, actually, depending on when this episode comes out. But I do. <laughs> and um, yeah, McKenna Kong's design definitely like scratched that itch for me. The only thing is I wish he had... Well, okay, he has he has a really big presence in the finale. I think he's awesome there. I just wish I could have seen him more throughout the rest of the movie. That's but fair. He, but he has a really strong presence. and he's, He he's kind... Oh, go on. He kind of has that Orga probably discussed the D-1000 yeah. episode where he's really awesome, but he doesn't show up a lot in the movie. Like yeah. he has, like he has the the intro and the ending, and that's really yeah. Yeah, exactly. That that was my thing. I was like, I was like, oh shit, there he is. Then he like passes out. I was like, damn. <laughs> and then and then he comes back in the end where he's cool. But yeah, I just wish you could see more of him. Maybe one day he'll come back. Who knows? But that's oh, uh, he's he's that. tied up in rights. So <laughs> yeah, Universal yeah. Toho. It's a whole thing. Hopefully they can do something. Something I don't know, but he's cool. I like Mechanicon. Jake. Yeah, the the final buy the the final uh, battle on Tokyo mm-hmm. Tower is really one of the best. It's awesome. Kaiju sequences from the Golden. Oh, Age. oh yeah, not not to cut you off, but real quick, that reminded me. They also shrunk Kong too down to a more manageable size, so he gets to interact with the humans in a more intimate way. I feel like, and I feel like that's also part of why you see Kong get to be more like himself in a way. But anyways, continue. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it is. It is just like, you know, the fights can be a little more, you know, visceral in this. Um, yeah. And and that's something else. And I don't know if I'm, I'm jumping the gun here talking about Gorosaurus. Oh, he's but, coming next. You can hold that thought. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it um, the Kong, just the movement of Kong and mm-hmm. the size. And, and, and I don't know if this is, if they made sure that just keeping him in um, sort of to scale with the yeah. Tokyo Tower allows for that really wonderful uh, final sequence with them both with Mechanicong and Kong climbing up yeah. the Tokyo Tower. Yeah. I was surprised at how graphic Mechanicong's, um, uh, like, I guess you'd say death, destruction, whatever it was, with him falling and just shattering into a bunch of pieces. It's, a, well, it's, a, a, lot, it's a very know, cool visual. There, there's a lot of that's something else that I'm that kind of surprised me when I rewatched this film last night mm-hmm. is that there are a lot much more graphic sequences in this film than any of the other Toho films made around this time. Yeah. Like this and, year was um uh, Son of Godzilla, which well it has some disturbing scenes. It's not really to the extent of this, I would say. Yeah, yeah and even um, you know, apart from um you know, there's some some gruesomeness in Rodan, um, mm-hmm. 
and of course the 54 original these movies tend to but yeah but because super raya was very specific that he didn't really like to have too much he violence he didn't like that and and you can see it though in the fight with gorosaurus yeah you could see it in um you know in the human action too yeah with, uh doctor who kind of forcing um susan's face to the ice saying that he's gonna yeah. freeze her face off and when doctor who gets <laughs> killed and he's gargling blood like that's not yeah. the thing that's usually in these movies yeah king kong escapes us a lot more graphic than the show ones like you're saying it's interesting it's a really nice cartoon too so i know that's the funniest thing too this is the it's, one that's based on a cartoon it's more kitty and it's it's more kitty in just about every other respect but for those scenes yeah it's interesting ton do 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 you have any thoughts on mechanic kong uh yeah i, I really like mechanic kong um it's, you can tell he's kind of um og before mechagodzilla i feel like mechagodzilla kind of has more of a imposing presence mm-hmm. probably because it doesn't really break down but mechanic kong <laughs> has that really charming like classic giant robot style um, yeah very similar to kind of like the ones you would have seen in anime in the time. I just remembered the name um, mm-hmm. uh, Gigantor. Or oh, Gigantor. yeah, you're right. Yeah, just kind of that very like silver bulky look mm-hmm. with those big arms and stuff. Now, I, will, I really like the movement that the suit actor um, Yu Sakita did. Sakita? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did. He gives him this very like clunky movement, so he feels heavy and slow and mechanical. I, I always appreciate when they do mm-hmm. do what they can to make stuff feel like you know it has weight. Authentic, yeah, it has weight. All right. Speaking of, because he got mentioned, it's time for probably the biggest monster for Godzilla fans, at least. And that's Gorosaurus and Crash and Kong, yeah, because you hate Gorosaurus, <laughs> and, 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 and I don't like. <laughs> I don't hate Gorosaurus. I just think he's a meme. I think he's funny. <laughs> Why is he f- okay? Anyways, Crash, go on. What would you think of Gorosaurus? I think I think he's the dinosaur, and then he dies. It was great. Okay, okay, he had a really okay. He, he had his fights in here. It was really cool. It was very reminiscent of the original, like Kong Thirty Three. You know, Kong versus the T Rex fight. Yeah, I think his presence in this movie was really cool. I like how they did that same role, and the fight was, was mm-hmm. really good too with Gorosaurus and Kong. And <laughs> it caught me by surprise because uh, I didn't, I didn't think Kong was gonna fucking kill Gorosaurus. <laughs> I thought he was gonna escape, but no, he just he starts like foaming at the mouth. Like, yeah, God damn, he kills him. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't hate Gorosaurus. I just think he's funny. <laughs> Why is he funny? I I don't get it. He's, he's just a big dinosaur. That's exactly. Cool. He's just a big dinosaur. <laughs> Why is that? He's it's awesome. That's why he's because he's, he's just a big Allosaurus. <laughs> okay, Mulder, you're in the you're in the Gorosaurus Discord fan club. Is that my yeah, guy? yeah. <laughs> of course, he's kind of like um Hawkeye. Um, Mulder movie. likes Hawkeye too. <laughs> yeah, I love Hawkeye. <laughs> he's just sort of there. It he's like, sense. It all you know, and, and just yeah. like Hawkeye, <laughs> think about how badass you have to be to hang out with all of these, you know, demigods almost. And yeah. You can just shoot bows and arrows. Think about how badass you have to be to I be mean, just a regular dinosaur. Exactly. 
It's oh, like the Godzilla. Kaiju, they feel bad. They're like, we can't. Like, we gotta let him on. It's like it's like when your buddy, 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 buddy crash, like, crash. Take your little brother with you going out. So they take Gorosaurus along. <laughs> but crash, you crash, you forget who killed King Ghidorah. Okay, you're right. I'll give, I'll give him props. He he, he fucking broke King Ghidorah's back. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give, he, I'll give him props there. That was pretty sick of him. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and he made Kong like like stumble over in this one. So he's got props. He, he kicked Kong's ass for a bit in this one. Okay, I'll give I'll give him some props. Okay, you know, I'll give him a high five. I'll give him a cookie. Like, <laughs> but that's all I'll give him. Okay. <laughs> and, 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 you know, also to be fair, I mean, I, I I'm I'm a big Gorosaurus fan, so I don't want to diss him, but. <laughs> To be fair, the only reason he got to kick King Ghidra's ass is that he was like the only suit that had okay. been destroyed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. An ultra monster. So that's true. They had some issues with like Baragon suit and Varan suit and some other ones, but still, he was still allowed to show up. They could have just had Godzilla do it. That's true. That's true. They they did. You know, give him give him that. Um, that they honor. Got, they got one fan, but they're like, "Can you please have Gorosaurus do something cool?" Like, you know what? <laughs> we'll do it. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, Jake, what did you think of Gorosaurus? I can tell you're obviously a fan, but yeah, I like Gorosaurus, and and the more that I watch, you know, you know, and I watch these movies just about once a year, you know, mm-hmm. and and every time I, I rewatch King Kong Escapes and I rewatch um. Uh, destroy all monsters. I'm more impressed with Gorosaurus actually because it's it really the the suit and the way that the actor is wearing the suit. It actually looks like a real kind of old timey dinosaur. It does. It's it's he's kind of crouched over. Yeah. And yeah. The way that that his uh, legs move and are built together, it doesn't look like just sort of an upright humanoid posture. With mm-hmm. you know a dinosaur head, it actually looks yeah. like sort of a saurian, um, yeah, way of walking. And just that in the the fight with King Kong is 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 a, one of the better fights um, of this era. Um, mm-hmm. He um, it it almost is more like a Gamera fight when he yeah. like grabs Gorosaurus's mouth and like rips it. Rips it yeah. open and like that foam bubble start to shoot out of it. That's a very Kong universe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're a dinosaur in Kong, you're probably gonna lose. I mean, even Godzilla lost in, in, yeah. in King Kong vs. Godzilla, and he's a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, it, it I I like mm-hmm. him. I think he's um one of the more kind of underrated kaiju. Yeah. In that. Ton. Yeah, I'm 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 part of the Gore Source fan club. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crash suck on that. Three to one. Gore Source is cool. Confirmed. <laughs> Majority rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Like Jake said. Um. He has this really, um, uh, distinct style compared to Godzilla, where he feels like a kind of a classic retro dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And. That's what really impressed me was um, kind of coming out of Kong 33 and then Son of Kong going into this. I kind of wondered, just in the back of my mind, like Gorosaurus is clearly like the Toho replacement for the T-Rex in um, Kong 33. So you yeah. kind of wonder how it would measure up. But 
haven't finally seen this, it, it measures up extremely well. Mm-hmm. It's still that classic kind of Showa Toho style with the suits, but uh, Gorosaurus just moves very like naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, use cicadas. Um, I feel like I'm saying his name wrong. I, I think it's Cicada. <laughs> I could be wrong though. Yeah, just he moves very authentically, and with him and Haro, Haro Nakajima just. Mm-hmm going at each other as you know the suit actors always do they just really capture that same energy and intensity that the stop motion fights had. so yeah um just like all the classic effects it's just really good talent behind it that makes it really um good so that remake more or less of the classic t-rex scene was done justice and yeah escapes I, I'm I'm more on the Gorsos fan club side, obviously. So I, I really love Gorsos. I think he manages to be just unique enough too, for he doesn't feel like a complete retread. And it feels like the making up for a lost opportunity in King Kong vs. Godzilla where they didn't have Kong fight any dinosaurs besides Godzilla. Which I think was probably the right move for that movie, but for this movie, it's cool to see a Toho Kong get to fight their take on that T-Rex. This yeah. is also only the second time ever that that happened, technically, because this was the Fort Kong movie, which I think is pretty interesting when you think about it. I also really like Gorsuch's colors, too. They give him a really unique color scheme, where he's really interesting. Also, I don't know if that was the plan originally, but him being an Allosaurus instead of a T-Rex was a cool move, which I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah and I think, you know, probably part of that was sort of practical. It was just easier to kind of put arms in there it yeah would have fit the actor better but yeah i like it i i think that kind of the shape of his head and yeah i think he's actually one of the better designed kaiju mm-hmm. of this era too same sea crash gorsaurus is cool <laughs> i'm sure you guys think that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah before we move on there's one other monster who is pretty much forgotten of the three in here. But I, to be honest, though, it makes sense, though. Um, it's the sea serpent thing. Oh, oh that one's fucking hilarious. I love that one. <laughs> go, 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 okay, then, Crash, if you love him so much, then you can go. Yeah, I love him. He has the strongest presence out of all the monsters. Okay, okay, it's Crash. <laughs> so, yeah, the gang, they're about to escape Mondo Island, and then there's just this one, like, random fucking sea serpent. Like comes out of nowhere, it's just like vibing in the water. Kong's like, I'll stop it. He just fucking throws a rock on it. It's hilarious. It just like sings instantly. <laughs> so Bonk. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rock like, is like, the cut to it is so funny. <laughs> and, and then, then it just, like, fucking like strangles it. Like, yeah. To attack the ship. You're I, I completely forgot about that, but that's such a funny scene. <laughs> it's it, it's great. Um uh, whoever else wants to talk about that poor sea snake. Let's <laughs> go ahead. It, he looks like a ultra Q monster, which is not like a compliment. He, um, <laughs> he, you know, they did. You know, I'll tell you though, when when they did the the scene and destroy all monsters with Amanda kind of wrapping around the train track, that looks yeah. great. That's the, but that's like the only time a snake monster looked good in one of these things. I um, haven't seen I haven't seen Africa yet, which is Manda's debut movie. But Manda doesn't look good. Doesn't look good there. 
Yeah, no, he. It looks okay, and Atragon's okay. a really Atragon's a wild movie. Atragon is, um, probably interestingly enough, it's the one that's the most kind of explicitly about World War Two. Yeah, I mean, all of them, all of them are about one World War Two in one way or the other. But yeah, but Atragon, it's like an actual part of the story and kind of the theme of the movie. But that that's just sort of a little digression there but mm -hmm. um manda does look better than the mondo island sea snake um <laughs> you know it, it it doesn't you know just the wires when he's on the piano wires flopping around just not not one of the the finer moments okay i'm a ton uh yeah sea snake um just has that really funny serious bonk with the rock Funny enough, I actually didn't realize he was a sea snake initially. I thought I saw flippers there, so I thought it was like a really skinny plesiosaur. But <laughs> um, it, he's, he's a snake. He hisses and dies horribly as snakes. As all snakes do. Yeah, um, he's fun if only because it makes Mondo Island feel more wild than like um, uh, Fire Island does, where they only have the giant octopus and Kong. So I appreciate them adding something else there too, but it is really funny though, especially the scene where he gets bonked in the head by the rock. Mm -hmm. It's amazing, but yeah, the Mondo Island here feels much more like typical Skull Island, and I like. Yeah, that. same. All right, now that we're done done with the monsters, I think it's time to move to the human stuff. And to start with, as we've been discussing in every single Kong episode, we're, we'll 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 start with how we feel about the. Portrayal of the natives in this film. Um, ton if it. Every time. Yeah, ton. <laughs> if you want to start. Sure. So this movie is um, well, you know, it's a Kong movie, so you got you got you got the <laughs> elements there. But I think this movie is one of the kind of better ones in that regard because it's kind of just one man on the island. Yeah. It's, um, unnamed. He shows up in a few scenes where the characters go to Mondo Island. He's just kind of yelling at them to go away, not bother King Kong. Mm -hmm. And then he's uh, sadly killed by Doctor Who. Um, mm -hmm. This this is this one of the better Toho attempts. At the, they didn't try to like give him brown face or anything. He just looks yeah. like you know, kind of a skinny old Pacific Islander, which which is nice. Um. Him dying is kind of a shame, but I guess it, it kind of fits with like kind of the co um, colonial almost feel of the movie. Yeah, it's kind of explored to a degree, and just um, it it does remind kind of like how you hear those stories about tribes being reduced to like one person. Mm -hmm. So this is one of the better um, takes on it. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I feel like honestly. I know this isn't a high bar considering Kong studies King, King Kong vs. Godzilla, but I would call this probably the best portrayal of the natives yet. Yeah. And the and the yeah, least racist one. Just because it's it's just one guy. <laughs> like they yeah. don't have enough. If they would have had more than one guy, it probably would have gotten you would have seen some wigs and some makeup pulled yeah. out. But just one guy, there's no like black face. They don't really make him like dumb. They kill him. Yeah. The guy, Doctor Who kills him, which is unfortunate, but like besides that, it's like yeah, they say it's easily the best. And also, I have to, I have to say, I do appreciate, I do appreciate 
them respecting him in a way, like 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 Carl Nelson tells them to give him a proper funeral. Yeah. So there's a bit more respect in this script for the Skull Islanders than you see in Kong 33 or Son of or King Kong vs. Godzilla, especially King Kong vs. Godzilla. Or even like the Peter Jackson King Kong. Really, oh, oh, when we get to that, we'll we'll cover it. But... <laughs> Sorry, don't don't want to open up a can of worms. There, that but... one will be a big topic. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, but go on. Um, but one thing, um, you know, and I love the old villager. He's played by the little old man that's in everyone. He, it's the same little old man. He, he was also the. The kindly fisherman who finds the Martian princess in Ghidra. Oh, Canada. that was him. Oh, that's yeah, interesting. And, and he's um, he, he he's in a bunch of these. I think he was like the village elder. I I in one of the the films, maybe um, it was either War of the Gargantuas or Mothra versus Godzilla. And he mm-hmm. was also another. Um, let me see. I got his name here. Um, his name was Ikio Saramura, mm-hmm. and he was a, a Kurosawa guy, too. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, he shows up in um, High and Low, Yojimbo, uh, The Hidden Fortress. So, yeah, he was one of those just Toho guys that you just sort of, if you needed like a little old man, he was your guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's neat. Crash, did, did you have any other thoughts on the on natives the in this? Uh, yeah. But yeah, like, it's kind of funny that you have to say it, but yeah, it's like easily the least not racist portrayal of natives <laughs> of all the time movies so far. So yeah. <laughs> it, it it wins a very narrow award of being like yeah. the least racist. And it kind of I think for some reason because it's so fantastic. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is, you know, it's it's just sort of the storybook like quality to it yeah is that it um the the king kong myth has so many kind of inherently racist things in it just yeah. the whole idea of the the sort of orientalist idea of the frontier of yeah. the mysterious island and because when you go there it's mostly an island of monsters and creatures mm-hmm. it kind of pulls away from that a little bit yeah, because in this one, like you were saying, they only mention the natives mainly. They're not yeah, really they're, on screen a lot. Yeah, besides and, and that, besides that one, and that's kind of the only way you can kind of I think do that now. Yeah, you know, and and it really does. And I don't think they weren't certainly trying to make a point to be like that or anything. It just sort yeah, of happened. It's how it happened. Yeah, that that this is like that. But there mm-hmm. is, you know, there are some interesting things. In, t- in terms of race in this film, um, mostly and sort of ethnicity too, because I feel like that in the plot of this, this is a Cold War film. Yeah, it's very Cold War. And there's a lot of good Asian, bad Asian. Yeah. Um, Madame Piranha, Doctor Who are bad Asian. Mm-hmm. And like you know, there's a part where the guy he says that he looks like an Oriental skeleton. There's yeah in the in the at least in the American version, and there's all of that. And and Madame Piranha, they never quite say what her country is, 
Well, but, yeah, there's that, there's that whole thing where, like, Nelson's constantly asking her what exactly she is. Yeah, and, and you can tell that she's, like, not Japan. Japan yeah. is our ally. Japan is our, you know, we're um, one of our kind of satellite states at this point. And mm-hmm. so Japan, good Asian. And then we have them helping us stop these bad Asians, which may or may not, which they don't say they're communists, but we can kind of yeah the assumption. Yeah, that's very much like the um I guess some uh implication yeah that's what's enough. And like because right now as Tun Council backup as he's also our history guy, the Vietnam War was kicking into full swing around this time too. Nineteen sixty seven. Yeah, that could be around that time, I believe. Yeah, because I was it sixty eight or sixty seven when it really fully started, and it was under LBJ. Yeah, that was, I think that that would have been the, it was really the Gulf of Tonkin incident that really, yeah. like, we had been helping France kind of behind the scenes maintain the yeah. empire for a while. Um, yeah, Gulf of Tonkin incident was in 64. Yeah, so, so it was around when it started getting big. Yeah, this would have been right at the peak of the war. Yeah, yep. and not to mention also... The Korean War was not too long ago as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that so, was probably still in the minds of Japan to a degree, yeah. too. Absolutely, yeah. That that was something that, you know, you definitely had that. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and that's what's interesting to watch all of these films in that, um, mm-hmm. in that kind of evolving American, you know, yeah. the gaze of that mostly white American audience to see yeah. that. That. Mm-hmm. Though speaking of characters, I guess we'll finally get into them. Um, first off, we have our main character, who is Carl Nelson, who's played by Rhodes Reason. I'm pretty sure he's from the Rankin Bass cartoons. I feel like that's the name of the main character, and I could be wrong though. Um, uh, what did you guys think of Carl Nelson? Whoever wants to start first. Um, his brother, I think, is the guy in This Island Earth. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Um his uh yeah, Rex Reason was his brother. Um you know, he's a good serviceable kind of B movie guy. The one thing I noticed is that he mm-hmm. looks like Billy on the street, uh Billy Eichner. <laughs> oh my god. Now that you said it, I can see it. <laughs> so every time I saw it, I just thought he was like you know, going to give somebody a dollar for naming, you know, three Meryl Street movies or something. But, um, but yeah, that he's 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 a good B movie guy. Mm-hmm. I'm a Tundra Crash. Everyone wants to go next. Let you go, Tim. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Carl Nelson is a very kind of like simple character. He's kind of like well. Obviously, by his name, he's kind of the Carl Denham of this movie. Yeah, kind of mix him yeah. with um, Jake. Oh my God, I'm pretty. Oh, Jack Driscoll. I almost said Jake Sully. That's how off track I was. No. <laughs> Jake Sully. <laughs> yeah. But um, Carl, Carl Nelson, he's kind of like an he's he's a straightforward character, but. Uh, Nice one, the kind of responsible leader type. Um, yeah, Rose Reason. Um, he does a lot of really good phys- um, acting here. 
Mm-hmm. I always find it interesting kind of seeing these um, diverse cast in those show movies. I mean, well, yeah. I diverse by, by, by Japan standards. <laughs> by Japan standards, yeah. What, what speaking yeah. of, though, they did at least, I something real quick, is I like how for the UN stuff, you do have a bit of like a diverse group. Like you have like people who aren't just white or Japanese in, in, in the sub. For example, like you have like black people in the sub, which is not common in in, in Showa films. Yeah, it's nice to have the kind of mm-hmm. it's nice to have the international feel. Yeah, and, uh, it also makes me kind of wish that they hadn't dubbed over um the American actors. Like obviously they had to for the Japanese eyes' sake. But would have been interesting, uh, in my opinion, to have kind of like a multilingual. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious yeah. what I would have came across. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, uh, crash. And, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty much agree with all, everything you guys said. Uh, he's not like the most complex, but he's interesting, and it's fun to watch him on screen. Like, when yeah. You're, like, yeah like, I like the dynamic they have. Yeah. Cast in general. Yeah. So, yeah he's, he's a cool protagonist. Like Kyle Nelson isn't the deepest character, as you, as you guys said. He's pretty much the generic white guy for the American audience. I I put him not above Nick Adams. I feel like Nick Adams had more charisma, but I'd put him above. Oh shoot, what's his name from War of the Gargantua? Was the white oh, guy they had um, in War? What's his dude from Twin Peaks and yeah, West Side Story? Yeah, what was his name? I can't remember his name now. That guy was probably the worst of them. So so he's yeah, always very dude, yeah. He could not like Nick Adams. I think he was one of those actors, like, you know, I'm going to give it 110%, whether it's Godzilla, whether it's uh, No Time for Sergeants, whether whatever yeah. he was in, uh, whether mm-hmm. it's Rebel Without a Cause. But um, dude from War of the Gargantuas, uh, he, he couldn't care less. Ross Tamblyn, <laughs> that's his name. Ross Tamblyn, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's the worst. I, I, I have to give him a road reason process. I think he does actually do a really good job. Yeah, I agree, too. So, so, so he's middle of the line. The character's not the deepest, but he's still what I would call a good character. Um, so yeah, that brings us to another big, huge person in the, in the show era. Um, it's really fun to see him again. And that's Akira Takarada as, as um, Jiro Nomura, as, as the second in command of the sub, the whole exposition. Whoever wants to go first on, on Akira Takarada is Jiro Nomura. Um. I- he he's always. I mean, he's you know he's the best leading man, of, yeah. of this era, no question. Like uh, this, and um, especially Mothra versus Godzilla. Uh, yeah, Godzilla versus the sea monster, which is what I still call it. I will never call it Eberahara. <laughs> it is always Godzilla versus sea monster to me. Um, he he's he's the best. His hair is amazing in this movie. Um. <laughs> Yeah, he he's awesome in this. Yeah, but um, but the whole and maybe this is jumping ahead. the gun a little bit. There's this weird kind of thruple at the center of this movie. Oh uh, yeah, Akira Takarada and uh, Rhodes Reason and Linda Miller. That's kind of yeah. like you're never sure who's like the actual leading man. Yeah, who's the actual kind of romantic interest with her? Because they're not. Yeah. It, it, it kind of. There's scenes where you could make the argument both ways, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
Um, whoever whoever wants to go next. Um, yeah, like it's awesome just to see him again. I love seeing all the show recurring actors. Like that's just a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> the Godzilla stuff. But um, yeah, he has so much charisma. He's a really good character. I, I it's kind of hard for me to explain. I just really like the whole like dynamic. Whole yeah, I, I agree. They have a good dynamic with each other. Yeah, his relationship with Susan as well. It's all very strong. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like <laughs> I'm not I I'm not gonna explain, but yeah, I really like them as well too. <laughs> I say he's the strongest, probably, oh, the group of the cast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Ton? Yeah, I think just Akira Takarada and the show movies just go together like bread and butter. If he <laughs> shows up, it's probably going to be one of the better ones. Um, unless it's Final Wars. Anyway, <laughs> 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 just uh, he, his role with Jiro in this film is really fun. Um, it's kind of interesting seeing him and Carl Nelson kind of being dual protagonists. Like, they both kind of have a romantic arc with Susan. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's, it's, it's um interesting just kind of seeing, like, for I mean, for this time period, you have a movie where, I mean, obviously because it's Japanese and not American, where an Asian man and a white man are kind of like equals. Mm-hmm. Almost. They're both kind of rugged. They're both handsome. So it's kind of interesting to see that kind of 60s diversity there. Yeah. Um, so, and Akira Takarazi is, is such a good actor. He always really gets into his role. So I, I always enjoy seeing him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like, like Jiro in this. I think it's interesting that they put him with with Susan at all. Though I guess I'm not too surprised considering we had Mrs. Namikawa and Glenn back in um, uh, Asha Monster. But it is still cool to see that continuing. And like you said, it's interesting to me how much the show ever films push Japan and America being on the same equal level and how kind of commonly accepted that was. I think that's an interesting detail you have in these films that kind of shows how different America's view on Japan was only 20 years or so after World War II. Which is interesting. This wasn't even twenty. This was, you know, eighteen year. You know, it was, and you think about like Godzilla. That was mm-hmm. nine years. You know, that yeah. was like with Godzilla King of the Monsters. I think it came out in America in fifty six. Yes, that was eleven years later. Yeah. So everybody, you know, that that was still fresh in their memories of every of, of that. And I've always thought it was interesting, like how, you know, and this would be something that would be hard to kind of research to mm-hmm. think about how you know there were so many people who had who still at that time remember you know were in world war ii thought of all you know the the, the propaganda the, the racism against the japanese and then to have mm-hmm. these movies you know come out with japanese antagonist protagonists and that mm-hmm. So that's an interesting kind of social change. Mm-hmm. It is. And speaking of, as we were mentioning, the final member of the Main Street trio is, is Linda Miller, who played who played Susan Watson. Who, like I mentioned, unfortunately, she was dubbed over in English too, and it's kind of like fucked in my opinion that they yeah. did that to her. Yeah. It's really bad. There's like a double standard that they were like, oh yeah, well, Reed, you can do that. You can uh, redub your voice lines, but uh, uh, not you. Uh, 
<laughs> Not you, unfortunately. Yeah. Know why they did that. And just from what she was telling me, it seems like when she was dealing with like the American side of production, it seemed very rude to her. <laughs> like they didn't yeah. there as an actor. That's pretty fucked. Yeah, from what she said, because because I was able to watch her interview she did last year at the um she oh Kaiju Con line. She was one of the guests there. And she said, obviously, well, not obviously, she said that she had a great time filming it, that everyone on the Japanese side of things was very nice. She especially mentioned that Shiro Honda was very nice. But she said that she got the feeling from the American side of things that they just saw her as a pretty face and that they didn't think that she could act well. And that's why they dubbed her over, which is kind of fucked to me. Like, yeah, and they dubbed her with a voice actress who couldn't act. Like, yeah. They, like, <laughs> like the, the voice is so bad. Like, I see why she... Um, did not like that. Yeah. Because it, it just, you would think, because people might watch, you know, I'm sure most people thought that that was her performance. You yeah. hear that voice. And it's a shame, too, because her physical performance is very good. She's yeah. really convincing with the official effects. And this was her first film, too. So it's yeah, even she, more impressive. Yeah, she, um, I met her at a convention. It was, she was like um, with um, the actor who was in Ga- uh, Gamera versus Virus when he was. Oh, uh, yeah. And um, mm. they were both kind of army kids, I think. I think that's how they yeah. ended up in Japan. Their parents were yeah. both in the army. Yeah. And she had kind of done some modeling work in Japan. Um, but it's kind of an interesting story how she, she kind of they wanted a. a white actress uh for that movie and how yeah. she kind of answered that you know got in in that with toho mm-hmm. yeah does anyone else have any um songs on susan whoever wants to go go next uh sure uh, i'll just hop in i think susan's really uh well well done character um kind of continues the trend from Sonic Kong of kind of the female characters in these Kong movies kind of having a more stronger presence. Mm-hmm. She's not quite as, like, say, formidable as Hilda in Sonic Kong. But I do like how Susan's a little more kind of empowered. Like, yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say, like, she's yeah. she, the first, um, you know, like, Kong love interest to actually kind of get his neck and, like, talk to him and form that bond with him. And that yeah. Relationship. Which is kind of something that I think, especially nowadays, that's just what everybody usually thinks about. Like, with yeah. regards to that relationship, when you look back at 33 and didn't really give a shit about Kong that much. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, this was like, like the first time we really kind of get to see that dynamic. Yeah. With the actual Kong, because you yeah. did, because you, you, you did yeah, get we, that we with Kiko. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of like actual Kong. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and Susan's a really good character. Sorry for fucking stealing from that. You no, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you really captured it. It's just like it's interesting seeing how Susan has kind of that more intimate connection mm-hmm. with Kong. And no, I'm not trying to be weird here, people. <laughs> <laughs> just she's so- also less of a damsel distress. I feel like like when Kong um uh, grabs her from the submarine in the open the <laughs> opening act, she fucking jumps from his hand. She's like, know, nope. Right? <laughs> she's yeah. like, damn. Mm. <laughs> She's less of a damsel than Anne was, or even the main female character in King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah, and I like yeah. how she she yells at Kong 
in this movie. Yeah. She yells at, like, when he's trying to attack the submarine, she actually yells at him, No, Kong, that's where I eat and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, it's, it's a very fun dynamic, especially compared to the more damsel-y stuff. So, so it, it's, it's fun. And speaking of fun, I feel like probably the, like, the most iconic character in this is, is, is Hideo Amamoto as Doctor Who. <laughs> because he is he is iconic <laughs> he has that perfect like cheese and, like evilness to him as like an evil scientist I love it he's so diabolical oh but there's something funny though because he was also in two other Toho Godzilla films and big roles one he's the toy inventor in All Monsters Attack who, who looks after Ichiro what really <laughs> yeah, yeah and, he's, and, he, and he's also the old guy in GMK what? Oh yeah. <laughs> he's also he's the um the guy who can speak the um the fair the the island talk. He's the guy in like the striped shirt in King mm -hmm. Kong versus Godzilla. Oh, that, like huh. translates to the natives from Wait, that was him too? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> yeah, he popped no up everywhere in me. Yeah. <laughs> He's in that King Kong Godzilla stuff. What a man! So he was either he would either mm -hmm. play like the silly characters, or he was the, you know, evil like Doctor <laughs> Who. And 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 then you have his very out of um uh, out of his wheelhouse in GMK, but he did a really good job there. That was his final film role. Unfortunately, he passed away not long after that. But yeah, he's left quite an impact on the entire franchise. Yeah, he he had such a presence in this movie. I love Doctor yeah. Who. Evil and so like willing to like fucking murder for a villain, which is kind of we don't we don't really get as many human villains in like these kaiju films as much. As yeah, I've noticed. seeing that was really cool, and he's he's also still very threatening as a villain. Yeah, I'd say like though he's like silly, you like you're still like you're scared of what he can do to the. Yeah, because because they they do a good job establishing him as a threat. Because even though it's kind of unfortunate they have to kill off the native character for that, him just shooting the the old native. I was I was caught off guard. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, he just straight up shot him. I was like, damn. And plus he's plus he's very um uh, what's the word? Not efficient. He's very ugh, the word the words that come to me. Exactly. But like, no. But the fact that he's always successful, the fact that he was able to get um a Kong off the island the way he did, cunning, lucky, yeah. cunning. I'd say that fits. <laughs> wow, Chris. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. I say cunning fits him very well. Yeah. I mean, even at the end, like we see his cold hearted nature when he kills kills Prana. Yeah, I was I was surprised. Like he shot her once, and he's like, "Bitch!" And then he shot her again. I was like, "No!" That actually really that made me so sad. But um, yeah. He's Plus, his death is brutal too, where he gets crushed by his machinery, and you see the blood coming out of his mouth. It's like, oh my god, that's brutal. <laughs> they let Kong do that. Yeah, <laughs> they let Kong fucking murder him. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, he was a dangerous. Terrorist, I guess you would say. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just funny because like they had that mm -hmm. people there. Like Kong is like fuck. It's, it's less paperwork if we have Kong kill him. Like. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a Jake or Ten, whoever, whoever wants to go next on Doctor Here. Yeah, I like you know he he's a good kind of uh, very iconic villain. Like you can. You could see just a silhouette of the character and know that he is a villain. 
Um, yeah. And, and he, um, you know, he chews the scenery. He's got a cape. He's got these yeah. weird streaks in his hair. Um, yeah, he's awesome. Not to mention also, I just want to point out, I know I'm seeing it where it's either who, where it's W-H-U, or who as an H-U-U. No one can seem to agree on what it's meant to be, but the fact that one of them is Doctor Who, like, you know, the British TV show, is still very funny to me. Yeah. I love it. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. No no relation at all, just a coincidence. But yeah. He does, and he <laughs> kind of looks like the first Doctor Who. He looks like kind of a Japanese William Hartnell. He, he, um, I've seen that. I can, I can see it. It's really funny, though, to me still. But yeah, I'm a ton. Do you have any thoughts from Doctor Who? Yeah, I really like Doctor Who. He's kind of a very fun, almost pulpy villain. And I just yeah. saw now he was actually from the King Kong cartoon. Yeah. Very, very, very different in the cartoon, obviously. But, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Hideo Amamoto does a really good job kind of just selling a menacing mad scientist. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting where you're. Um, you have Honda once again kind of playing that real world influence with like him just being obsessively searching for Element X, which is like yeah. this weird MacGuffin. But it's pretty clear that it's supposed to represent like uranium. Yeah. So it's, it, I like how Honda took kind of like a pulpy mad scientist character, but also worked in a bit of his political commentary. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Like I said, Doctor Who is really fun. I love how menacing he is. So yeah, and that brings us to the final big villain of the film, and that is Madame Piranha, who was played by Mae Hama, who was best known for being in James Bond, actually. She was a Bond girl. But she was also in in Ama... She was also in King Kong vs. Godzilla 2, funny enough. I think she was the... I... I don't think she was the main girl in it, but she was one of the female characters in King Kong with Godzilla as well. So yeah, there, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. She wasn't the one that Kong takes during King Kong. I don't. I, I don't think so. I could be wrong though. She might be because there's two big female characters in that. I can't remember which one she is. Though. But yeah, she was one of the female. <laughs> Wait, yeah, no, that she, no, she was. She was the one that got kidnapped. Okay, like, okay, sister. Yeah. So after that traumatic experience, she became an evil. But yeah, whoever wants to go first on Madame Piranha. Yeah, Madame Piranha is probably like one of the, the most iconic villains here too, I would say. A really cool yeah. one. She probably has like the strongest arc throughout this. Episode. Yeah, she has a really nice arc. Yeah, you know, turning against Doctor Who. Because at first, you know, she's pretty vicious too in her own way. But by the end, she starts to, you know, grow conscience and help out. And yeah. She ends up dying which was really tragic. I was really sad yeah. to see that. But um, yeah, she's a really strong character in this one. Mm-hmm. So something which I was, oh, you know, I was going to say was what I said. I do really love how when she turns good, Doctor Who's like, wait, you're willing to murder yeah. a million potentially, but me doing this is too much? Mm-hmm. It's okay. so funny to me. <laughs> Doctor, Doctor Who, Doctor Who just fucking gets your neck like that. <laughs> and she's like, well, what's different? <laughs> Well, yeah. Who, who, whoever wants to go next on Madame yeah, I Piranha? Like, I like mm-hmm. um, Madame Piranha. Yeah, she is definitely one of the better, more interesting villains in this. And I think mm-hmm. she had just made. I think 
this and you only live twice came out around the same time oh, oh yeah think, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm looking it, it said she she just finished you only live twice when she did yeah. this one because toho helped them film in japan um mm-hmm. and had loaned her and um um Aka, akiko wakabayashi I probably mm-hmm. butchered that name. I'm, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the the Martian princess from Gage of the Three Headed Monster, who was mm-hmm. the other the other um, male lead in King Kong versus Godzilla as well. Um, yeah, they were the two Bond girls. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so she was, you know, one of Toho's big stars. Um, she uh, this is probably I think my favorite role of hers. In a Toho film, um, mm-hmm. because she's another great. Like it's another great. Like they, they. If you look at, if you just have a picture of Doctor Who next to Madame Piranha, you know that these are bad guys. Yeah, it's just so perfect. It's it's part of that mm-hmm. Rankin Bass cartoony feel to the whole thing. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, I like um, Madame Ferrano a lot. She's very much kind of a classic femme fatale kind of yeah. villain. And an interesting way, because like, she's not as quite as sexualized as we usually mm-hmm. are in movies. But she does kind of yeah. have that, you know, like when she tries to like uh, seduce Carl Nelson. The yeah. Or but, um, <laughs> um, Mihama's. Uh, um, acting is just really good uh, for the character, and I really like kind of just the ambiguousness of her existence. Yeah, uh, like you don't know which country she's supposed to be from. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of see her how she goes from kind of like this cold person to kind of realizing just that um, Doctor Who's like overly cruel. And yeah, since. I'm not exactly sure if that's like a supposed to be commentary, just kind of her like redemptive arc. But it mm-hmm. is interesting that she has that trait. And yeah. So she's a character you really end up going from kind of like, oh, this is the bad guy, to when she dies, you do feel bad for her because you do yeah. want to kind of see her mm-hmm. get out of that life. But unfortunately, she doesn't. It it, it really works. I, Honda. Does a good job with his mm-hmm. female characters in that regard. Yeah, and her death is so brutal too. Like the gunshots are just oof. And, and she, she, she she gets shot three times too. Mm-hmm. It's no, brutal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go on, Tom. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think that's like the only time a woman dies. I mean, obviously, women die in the guns, but like yeah. usually it's from the kaiju, not the. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's the only female character killed by a human in 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 the Godzilla franchise. Actually, I, I, that I can think of, anyways, I might be wrong on that. Mm, it's interesting. Yeah, though. Before we close out, there's one other topic I wanted to discuss, and I know Crash, you've probably been holding it back. This <laughs> one is probably the weirdest one within the show of timeline and oh, continuity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's crash, like, no crash. You can go ahead with that. I'm pretty sure that's that's what you were mentioning <laughs> er, earlier, right? 
Yeah, I, I, I kind of briefly poked at it, but um, yeah. So this is supposed to be like in, within the short timeline of the classic Godzilla movies, mm-hmm. and um, it's it is, but there's a lot of weird, strange like inconsistencies. I mean, the first one is one that I, I can easily kind of write out mm-hmm. because they kind of they kind of talk about it on the movie. It's the fact that yeah. it's a different island than the one from King Kong. Yeah, they, they they do have a line where they say that Kong swims from island to island. Yeah, he's like Kong can swim wherever he wants, like island to island. It's like okay, so like you know. That that explains to me, like, you know, the Pharaoh Island versus, like, the Mondo Island. Whatever. Mm-hmm. He, he did that after King Kong versus. That's fine. But yeah. the big weird one to me is the fact that everyone's like, is King Kong real? What is King Kong? <laughs> I've never heard of him. Like, did you forget when he attacked Japan, like, not that long ago and fought Godzilla? <laughs> that was kind of a big thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a really fun, weird inconsistency. Also, the fact that Kong is so much smaller than yeah, he was in King Kong vs. Godzilla. Yeah, he's a little manlet now. Tiny. King Kong Escapes is the weird one of the timeline because it is in the timeline. It's been confirmed to be it. How? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm really like, surprised. And like, you know, they always release like those like reference encyclopedia books. Like, like about. if you wanted, but even then though, you couldn't even like say, "Oh, this one took place before King Kong vs. Godzilla." Because in King Kong vs. Godzilla, they they don't know King Kong's real in that either. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so there's no way you can like. Like rent something like to like fix that like <laughs> in like one of the like reference books or whatever they released. It's just a really like silly thing to me. <laughs> yeah, it's not a big deal. It's just really funny because it's the only Shoho film which doesn't fit. I'd say. Yeah, it's just it's just weird to kind of like wrap your head around. Yeah, the consistency there. Yeah, if the if anyone wants to talk about that, they can. If not, I'll, I'll move on to one other scene I thought of real quick. Um, uh, Tunner Jake, do you have any thoughts on that, or should I, I mean, move it's on? It's just like none of these Showa films have. I mean, you know, like, at some point there's <laughs> Godzilla, at some point there's Mothra, at some point, uh, <laughs> you know, in 1999 they're all in Monster Island together. Yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> the, yeah, the continuity per film is better in some than others. Yeah, which I it, it gives the Showa universe a charm though. But yeah, Ton, Ton, do you have any thoughts? Oh, wait, no, sorry. I'm like, going like to really sorry. The, the only kind of where you, you have sort of straight up continuity is um, like Mothra versus Godzilla, Age of the Three Headed Monster, and Monster Zero. Like mm-hmm. those three kind of all kind of link together. Yeah. King Kong does fall off immediately after Raids again, which is like. Yeah. Yeah, That's King Kong does come out of the ice, right? Yeah, and and then you could also put Ibra there. I'd say because you have Godzilla recovering from his wounds is kind of like the implication of why he's like, like, like fucking like in a coma at the beginning yeah. of of that. Mm-hmm. But the other ones they get less and less continuity heavy. Though Terror does have some continuity because it has Amanda and Rodan and King Adora get mentioned directly in that. It depends on the movie. It alternates. Also, that really weird, like, uh, like premonition the girl has in versus Mechagodzilla, where she sees Ghidorah, even though Ghidorah yeah, doesn't show up in that movie. Yeah, that, that was that always kind of struck me as interesting and strange. <laughs> yeah. The way the way I've seen it explained, at least from kind of perspective, that she actually saw what's going to happen and destroy all monsters. That there, sense. but that's more just a fan thing. I don't think they meant that. They probably just stock footage they had. <laughs> yeah, and it just works. It happened to work. Um, oh, yeah, Ton, do you have any thoughts, or should we move on to the final topic? Uh, I guess I can just comment real quick. Just like, it's kind of interesting 
how with these with older movies, how just what they could get away with versus kind of like movies now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure if you try, like if if the big CUs nowadays, like MonsterVerse, MCU, DC, mm-hmm. if they try to do mm-hmm. some of that flagrant, people <laughs> get really mad about it. Yeah, but, you know, Ice is back then didn't really care, so it's kind of just an interesting yeah. show. The time it, it, it helps a lot that you didn't have movies on home video yet. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't see it in the theater, you didn't see it <laughs> until it got <laughs> until it got re re released. Again, then like like TV movies only started in the seventies. So, but yeah, um, real quick before we do our closing thoughts, this is I want to bring it real quick. I love the hover car they have in this movie. <laughs> Fantastic yeah. car. Awesome. <laughs> it, 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 that really is what makes it feel like a live action cartoon. Is that is yeah, that hover car? Like something from Thunderbirds or something. <laughs> it's got that like yeah, like sixties cartoon vibe to it. Very silly, like retro futurism. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little floating hover car they take to the island. And um yeah. that's like the only time they really have something like that, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, that's the only time I, I can really think of, especially in like in like the Kong stuff, which tends to be more grounded on average than um uh, Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Which is part of why King Kong is, is is really is really unique in my opinion. Because yeah. it definitely feels more sci fi than usual for Kong. Yeah, but yeah. Like, um like interesting one we'll see mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um I guess that's it. Does anyone else have anything else they want to say about King Kong Escapes, or should we start closing out? Um, I guess we can, well, you have something to say? Yeah. Oh, just quick comments, just like, with the hover cars, just, I really appreciate yeah. the miniature work in this movie. It's yeah. Really well done. Like, it, the miniature work is always impressive in these show era films, but this one especially that really nice miniature work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I do have something to say. Yeah. Um, so this is the end, the end of the Toho Kong, King Kong man boobs. Yeah. From this point. <laughs> that design choice is always really funny to me. <laughs> it will be missed. Yeah, and, and it is the end of the Toho Kong era. So yeah, Chris, actually, I think we're far enough in. What would you, how would you rank the, the Kong films them so far? Um, yeah. i probably like put 33 at the top. It's very iconic. Very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Probably King Kong escapes here. Okay. And then King Kong versus and then Son of Kong. The thing all is, right. I like I like all these movies. I really do enjoy them. Yeah, but you were um, like, that's mm-hmm. gonna change, Crash. And I was like, yeah, oh, next oh, movie. <laughs> I, I don't want to influence you, but just King Kong seventy six is something, all right. Anyways, <laughs> all right. So so it's time for our closing thoughts. I'm like, Jake. What would you say your closing thoughts are on King Kong Escapes? Um, you know, I think that this is a a fairly middle of the road mm-hmm. um classic kaiju film um it's um you know it's not as good as some of the highlights it's not as good as king kong versus godzilla or mothra versus godzilla or you know atragon or mm-hmm. but it, it it it's kind of right there i would say with Maybe Godzilla versus the sea monster. It's kind of middle of the road um, mm-hmm. kaiju film, um, and you can kind of see that yeah. 
one thing is you could kind of see that the golden age is is sort of on its way out. Yeah, it's coming to a close. Yeah, like the the highs of um, King Kong versus Godzilla and and Ghidra three hundred monster and Monster mm -hmm. Zero, they're they're coming to an end. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's not a ton of city destruction in this movie. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, but it is it is a perfectly fun movie and. Probably, I would say personally, like after um, the original King Kong, the thirty-three one, and yeah. after Skull Island, it's probably my third mm -hmm. favorite King Kong. All right, movie. cool. Though, though, I think Crash is going to fight you for calling I'm um, a Ebra <laughs> mid tier. Yeah, I like. I I would actually I would put that like kind of upper mid tier. Okay. I, I actually like uh, Ibra Hor from the Deep. That's what Toho wants us to call it for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I like that was probably like the third or fourth Godzilla movie I ever saw. So that mm -hmm. does have a place in my heart. Yeah. I'm a crash. Well, what are your closing thoughts on King Kong Escapes? Um, yeah, so once again, it's really nice to see another King Kong movie that does something original. And mm -hmm. I think this one especially has a really strong human plot. I think that's part of why I find myself really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. I think it was just a lot of like fun, a lot of like the cartoon cheese that shows its way into this. Mm -hmm. Good characters, so it's a really fun one. And mm -hmm. I could easily like recommend it if you're into the Toho stuff at all. Yeah, it's not like the like the best, the pinnacle, but it's good. You know, it's yeah. enjoyable. It's I like it. Mm -hmm. Ton. Yeah, this. Uh, King Kong Escapes is a fun entry into the kind of the um, monster movie uh, Frank, um, legacy, I guess. Yeah. It's um, it's probably not my favorite mm -hmm. movie compared to other Kong movies or even like Godzilla movies, uh, Toho movies. I, I was mm -hmm. Toho. But it, yeah. it's not it's not really because it's bad or anything. Mm -hmm. It's um... Just like it's not so good. That's released like for yeah, show, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a, it's a, it's a charming movie. It's fun. Um, would I recommend it? I'd probably only recommend it if you really like these kind of movies in the first mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. If you're just kind of not really into monster movies or you're new to it, I wouldn't say jump into this movie, but if you like Kong, you like Showa mm -hmm. style. Um what yeah. is oh my god. Yeah, Showa era. If you like Showa era <laughs> movies. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. get this one. check this one out. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me I would say that I, I really enjoy King Kong Escapes. I think it's a really fun enjoy movie. If you like the show era you definitely should check this out. And if you want to see all the King Kong movies, I think it's one I think it's on the better end. Of the Kong movies, I, I personally I like it more than Son of Kong, honestly. So yeah, I, I would say I'm gonna check it out. Jake, where can people find you? Um, you can find me um, at on Twitter at the um, Aqua Slug, um, mm -hmm. and you can um, find me at uh, Something Ghoulish. Um, I've got a couple kaiju related pieces coming up. I've got something that. Um, coming up uh, about the uh, legal um, battle with King Kong. Um, and later on, um, I'm not sure when, that, when that's going to drop, but I'm also going to write a 50th anniversary um, 
special uh, for uh, Godzilla versus Hedera, which is turning oh, 50 this year. Yep. Wow. Yeah, and also, j- just a little quiz. Does anyone, can y'all tell me, this is, this mm-hmm. is a question, where my, since, you know, we're, we're all giant monster fans here, does mm-hmm. anyone know where I got my screen name, The Aquaslug, from? I actually don't know it. <laughs> and, and I'm the biggest Godzilla fan here. Yeah, this so. this is if uh, this might be uh, uh, a little little before y'all's time. I'm not sure. <laughs> but this, this is it's from King of the Monsters two on Neo Geo and Sega Genesis. Oh, my. <laughs> oh so it's a, it's an old sixty bit fighting game. Yeah, so it's at the Aqua Slug. Mm-hmm. All right. I was awesome. gonna guess the fucking tadpole form. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jake, thanks so much for coming on. It was a lot of fun. No problem. It was it was tons of fun being here. All right, guys. Like I said, next time it will be King Kong 1976. Oh boy. <laughs> Good, luck. Good luck, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll be covering that one next time. Mama, thank you for listening, and as always, have a good night.